You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 339 with Wendy Trubo. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Wendy on the show today. This episode actually took a turn. We were going to talk about environmental toxins, and instead we completely started talking about perimenopause. I do feel like that's one of my favorite subjects lately, and sometimes it's scary because I know more than most people that I'm that I'm talking to, which is a little bit concerning <laughs> because we don't know a ton about perimenopause. I think a lot of people are like, why do I feel this way? And they have no clue that it's probably their hormones. And so when Wendy started talking to me, and she's a functional doctor, and she was talking about her situation and how she wasn't feeling great. And then just kind of breaking some things down. I thought, you know what? I think that you guys need to hear this. And I hope to have her back on to talk about the environmental toxins because that does play into your hormones. But I was like, I think women need to hear what she is saying about this. And I think this is really important because I think there's a lot of women out there not feeling their normal self. They are like, what is wrong with me? You either feel like you're dying, you can't think straight, you've gained weight. I don't know. It's like something is happening and you're like, I don't even know what's going on. And you don't even know that it could be perimenopause. You may be in your late 30s, you may be in your early 40s, and you're not thinking it's perimenopause. You may be thinking that only happens right before 50, and that is not true. I've done so many episodes on perimenopause so that we can get this information out there so that you guys can check your hormone levels so that you can feel like yourself again. It is so important. So I am like, I think this is the episode that we need to do. It was so great to hear what Wendy had to say. So I hope you guys find this episode really encouraging. If you have friends that are in this boat, in this age range, please, please, please share this with them because I feel like people are struggling by themselves because they don't think that there's something that can be done or they're just like, I guess this is just it, right? Like, or they don't even realize like, wait, other people are dealing with this and they don't have to feel alone. So please share this episode. I hope you guys truly enjoy this. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Amber, my pleasure. This is going to be great. I'm super excited. And so um, it's really funny, you guys, we were actually just talking, um, not recording, and we were like, we need to just start recording because there's so much good stuff. And um, I wanted to jump in. So one question that I do like to ask my guests, it's an icebreaker. And the question is, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? And your younger self could be last week, like it doesn't need to be when you're five. But but any any age that stands out there, you're kind of like, you know, I kind of wish I would have known this back then. Oh, I wish that my 20 plus year old self had known that irritable bowel was not normal. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, okay. So I think like you're talking about IBS. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that can be both constipation and diarrhea, right? Yeah. I had both. Like, well, I leave anything untouched. (laughs) Okay. 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 So for you, you had both. So people who you know, are listening or whatever, and may have this issue, you want to say to them, that's not normal, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Let me back up. Yeah. Every part of your body should be invisible. Like you don't notice it. It just does its job Mm. and it doesn't bother you. You don't bother it. So like your elbow, your right elbow, Mm -hmm. you don't notice your right elbow, right? Your gut should be like your right elbow. You get up in the morning, you have a nice big pot, uh, poop, And then you go across your day and maybe you have a couple more poops. You don't have bloating. You don't have diarrhea. You don't have gas. You don't have reflux. Your gut and every other body part should be just like that. 
You don't notice it. It just works. Wow. People are probably like, yep, that's not me. Wait, so, wait, what? You're supposed to poop after you eat? What? Yes, you are. Like, that's crazy, <laughs> but it is how it is. Oh my gosh. I love that. So were you just like really young and you just kind of thought this is totally normal and your life kind of like was painful? Is that kind of like what happened for you? You know, I, I think what largely happens for us is we develop these issues over time. So for a lot of us, it's not like on Monday, you're amazing. And then by Friday, you're a hot mess. It's like Monday, you're amazing. And then four years later on a Friday, you're like, God, I'm not good. Mm, But it's so subtle. It's the slow erosion of your function and your vitality and your feeling and and your sense of self. And then all of a sudden you realize this is not normal. I'm not okay, but you're used to how you feel. So it's not, it's really hard to distinguish unless it happened suddenly. Yeah, that is so good because I do think people are like, wait, what just happened? And you're like, that's Mm -hmm. been kind of going on or something's been building up for a long time. Um, Okay, let's get started because there is so much, like there's so much good stuff to talk about. And so how about you tell us your whole name, where you live and how many kids you have? You bet. My name is Wendy Trubo. I live in Newton, Massachusetts, which is a suburb right outside of Boston. And I have four kids, although I claim a fifth because they're over almost every day of the week. I love so it. Oh my I'm goodness. like, oh, there's my fifth kid. I love <laughs> they it. They go on vacation with us. Like it's, oh, so I have four, so cool. and, four and change. <laughs> so how old are your kids? My oldest is 18 and we're mm. deciding now about where's college. Mm. Then my next one is 16, then 13, and then 11. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So Wendy, how about you jump into how you got to where you are today? And so share with us, you know, what you do for a living and then also what kind of made you really dive into all of this? You know, we're going to be talking about perimenopause. We're going to talk about um, toxins and how all this plays into it. So if you Mm -hmm. can kind of just give us a summary of where you're coming from and then we'll jump into the interview. Yeah, you bet. So I, I started my career as an OBGYN and I'm, I'm board certified in obstetrics and gynecology. And I spent nine years doing that. And then I got into functional medicine and became a certified functional medicine practitioner, largely because my mess became my message. I experienced, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a tremendous breakdown in my health. The problem was, like I mentioned to you, it's slow erosion. I didn't realize how sick I was until I wasn't sick. And then I was like, whoa, this is a really big difference. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with celiac by my husband's mentor when I was 35, just after I had my second kid. And I had troubles getting pregnant. I had bad pregnancies. Um, My first kid was a severely growth-restricted preemie who was born at 33 weeks. I just wasn't healthy. And so my husband said, oh, well, our insurance is changing. How about you go see my mentor and Mm -hmm. maybe he can figure out what's going wrong because I had seen my PCP and I had seen the OB and like, you know, they're like, okay, you're anemic and okay, you're iron deficient. Okay. Yeah. By the way, your D and your B are all low, but that was all they said to me. So I went to my husband's mentor and he did a boatload of tests. And the upshot was that I have celiac disease, which is an autoimmune reaction to gluten. And by the time you get to the autoimmune disease and and the, the 
beautiful villi in your gut are no longer absorbing because they're totally blunted, that means that you don't absorb your B12 mm. and your vitamin D and your calcium. So a lot of celiacs have osteoporosis. Oh, you, wow. Yeah. I had classic gut symptoms, but I really had head to toe. Like my brain didn't work. My hair was falling out. I had anxiety. My thyroid was off. I had heart palpitations. I had all the gut stuff we talked about. I had bad periods challenges with my pregnancies. I was wasting. I was like crazy thin nutritional deficiencies across the board. And, and no matter how many nutrients I took, nothing made a difference. And I hurt. Like I would get out of the morning, out of, out of bed in the morning and hobble Be like, Oh my God, wow. I'm so stiff. And how old were you? 35. Yeah. And you're hobbling. That's a problem. I'm hobbling. This is, yeah. But you know, it's like, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I just, I was an OB. So maybe I just walked a lot or something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the things we tell ourselves, right? I just walked yeah. a lot. So, um, I, at that that was my introduction into functional medicine. And so it took me a few years, but I transitioned out of being a traditional OBGYN where I delivered babies and did surgery and did office visits into being a functional medicine gynecologist where all I do is functional medicine for women. So when I got di diagnosed with celiac, I went gluten-free and that was sort of the tip of the iceberg because I had, I'm sure I had celiac for at least 15, 20 years before I was diagnosed. So it had a chance to do a lot of damage to my gut and so I essentially started to climb out of the how crappy I feel hole and fix yeah. my gut, deal with the other dysbiosis and imbalance in my gut. And I really started to work on my health and I was doing really well. Um, and then fast forward to age 48, 48 and a half. Mm. I'm officially perimenopausal because I'm mm -hmm. 48. I'm over 45. And um, <clears throat> what I didn't tell you, Amber, we go on the trip of a lifetime. We schlep my four kids and both mothers to France and England. Mm. And we go on this amazing trip. And the month after we came home, I, my half the hair on my head fell out. Like, I mean, it was clear. Wow. And, um, I gained nine pounds and I had a rash on my face that would not quit. And I'm like, you know, the nice thing is as a, as a physician and as training as I have, I'm like, okay, obviously my hormones are off. So I check my hormones. I check my thyroid. Amber, they're perfect. Mm -hmm. ah. So then I'm like, okay, well, all disease starts in the gut. So I do a stool test. Mm -hmm. I'm a celiac and normally I've got all kinds of, you know, messy gut stuff and it's yeah. noisy, but it looked great. Mm. Now I'm really stumped and I'm sort of, sort of like pawing through what are my options. And I hear yeah. the support that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the air. Guess when I was in France? Oh my goodness. That at the same yeah. time, like 10 days later. Wow. And I, I remember being like, God, it's so dusty here. I'm gonna have to wash all the shoes. It's so wow. dusty. And that's so what I got. All that lead. Yes. <gasps> so wow. I was like, oh my God, I got a lead exposure. So we all got it, but I'm the one who's sick. So yeah. we tested and my levels were significantly higher than they had been the last time I tested. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have all this testing at my fingertips. So I was like, well, I might as well test the rest of it. So I tested mycotoxins, which mm. are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body. Mm. It's really kind of creepy and gross. Yeah. And I tested glyphosate, which is the most commonly used herbicide in the world. Mm. And I tested all of the environmental toxins like nail polish, gasoline fumes, flame retardants, plastic perchlorate, like a whole list of them. And I had five strains of mycotoxins. I had lead. I had mercury. I didn't have glyphosate, which was shocking to me. Mm. And then I had a whole list of the other, you know, the all the other stuff we're exposed to every day. Wow. And I, mm -hmm. it's like, no wonder I'm losing my hair. Like my body is not happy.
Let me just pause there for a second. Okay. So was your hair loss, so was that not connected to perimenopause or it's because you're in perimenopause and then, you know, you were around all of that stuff that it was like a combination? No. So, so it's interesting. Um, for some reason, when you get big toxin exposures, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty common experience to start losing your hair. Oh, okay. And so it's certainly not helped by perimenopause. We sure. do see that hormonal shifts and, and lowering of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone can have impact on hair mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to recover even with, with treatment. But yeah. this was separate because remember, I checked my hormones. They were perfect. Oh, even right. though I was perimenopausal, I was still having regular periods. My hormones were, I literally, the first thing I said was effing perimenopause (laughs) and I checked my hormones, but they were pitch picture perfect. Yeah. So it wasn't that. I will say that the, you know, we were talking before we started Mm -hmm. recording that Mm -hmm. as you get older in life and you accumulate all of these toxin exposures, you get less resilient. So Mm. things that you would have breezed through five, 10, 20 years before bring you to your knees. Mm. And it's harder to take the weight off and your hair falls out faster and you don't sleep as well. Like all these things happen. A lot of them are fixable, but they happen when we start to lose sort of our balance and our, 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 yeah, I would say our balance. When we lose balance, that's, that's when we start to notice all these issues. Okay. I want to pause for here because there's so many things. So I'm trying to catch it because I think a lot of women this is what's going to catch their attention. Okay. Um, the hair loss, because people yeah. are probably experiencing this. Um, and then the gaining weight. So I was telling you, I traveled, I, so I didn't tell you where I went. I went to Costa Rica, came back <laughs> and, um, but I didn't gain weight right after that. It was, I don't know, maybe probably less than a month. And so, and also it was my birthday. So I wasn't eating my norm. I was stressed out. There was just a lot going on. And I was telling you, I had bumped up. Um, so I didn't gain nine pounds. I gained four or five in a week, which is not normal for me. And then that has not come down. And so I'm just like, what is happening? I don't know. Is this perimenopause? I don't know. So I say all of this for the people that are struggling with this kind of stuff, because the hair loss I th- the sleep, um, you know, I had a friend, she's 37. She asked me the other day, um, are you getting night sweats? I'm not. See, this is where everything's so different. It's like talking to pregnant women. Like you may have something, but, but that person doesn't have that. And so, and you could be younger and you could be having a symptom that somebody who's older is not having that symptom yet. So I, I want to ask you like, so how did you go about restoring your hair? And then how did you fix the whole nine pound weight gain or, or did you, I don't know. I did actually. I went, um, I, so I was one thirty nine when mm-hmm. I started, when I gained the weight, I, I went from one thirty to one thirty nine, like okay. overnight. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> crazy. um, and nothing really made a difference. And so there was a lot in there. I want to back up a step in yeah. Amber. Yep. Just, I want to just talk about night sweats because Whenever someone has a night sweat, their immediate mm-hmm. thought is, oh my gosh, my my female hormones are, are not normal. Mm. However, if you're having regular periods, your yeah. female hormones are right, are normal. Like oh, you're, okay, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. Think about it. If you're ovulating, you're having a regular period, your hormones are normal. Oh, so How, then what however, is it? However, your adrenals may not be normal. And Wait, you so can it have, kicks off your um, night sweats? 
It can. Yeah. If you're oh. having only night sweats and not day sweats. Oh. So, you know, there's two cats. So if you're having day and night, then that may be female hormone okay. and you're entering the perimenopause. But if you're having only night sweats, yeah. that to me is a big red flag for adrenal fatigue, adrenal oh. dysfunction, adrenal stress. I have adrenal issues, so I know, but I've never we had that. Do. Well, But I've never had that. So that is even more interesting to me that yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a symptom. So that's, see, I learned something. Totally a thing. I remember being a resident mm. and trying to get some sleep and being like, why am I having hot flashes? Like, why am I sweaty? It was because I was so tapped out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally stressed. So, okay. So, so we were somewhere. Yep. I totally lost the map the of nine, where we were. The nine pounds <laughs> gaining. So you tried everything or you, you tried a lot yeah. of things and nothing was working. Nothing helped. So this is all simultaneous, right? Because I've gained the weight. I'm doing the evaluations. My hormones are normal. My thyroid's normal. My gut's normal. And then I hear about the toxins mm. and so I start in on toxins removal. This is this is the caveat. Do it with a provider. Don't sure. go it yeah, yourself. Don't it there's, a lot, there's a lot of things you can do yourself. You can clean up your life. You can clean up your beauty and your home cleaning products yeah. and your toxins exposure. But you cannot remove it safely without oversight of a provider. That I mean, you can, but you have no idea what you're doing, right? You and can't walk even get me the data. through that. Like what? Yeah. So what are you doing with a provider, or what would somebody be doing that um, is to be removing toxins safely? Sure. So let me back up. The, the, the data that we're getting, because I'm a provider, I can prescribe you medication to pull out the toxins to oh. see actually what's being hidden. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you go and get your blood and lead and mercury done, mm -hmm. they better be negative, right? Unless mm -hmm. you've had a massive exposure right away. Yeah. Takes about four to six weeks to figure to for your body to sequester it all, but oh. you're going to be negative. Mm. So if you do a test for toxins, unless you provoke it, especially mm -hmm. for metals, it's going to mm -hmm. be negative. You're only showing what you're voluntarily moving out of the body. Oh, okay. So when you work with the provider, they can provoke it, and you can see like, oh, geez, what's actually stored in my bones, my fat, mm. and my organs? Okay, I see. So okay, so, um, so. You want to get good data so you actually understand, is it making a difference? Am I moving the needle? Where am I stopped? Where am I challenged? So working with a provider. So, okay. So one thing I want to say, though, is let's tie it all together in a nice big bow. When you're perimenopausal, your hormones shift. You become less resilient. At the same time, you've now had a lifetime of exposure to toxins, and most of us um, experience that our liver isn't optimally functioning. Now layer on that if you're 45, the odds are good if you have children that they range in age from five to 20 and they have their own individual needs and you spend a lot of energy and time taking care of those humans. Yes. And then layer on that a lot of people work not only in the house, but outside the house. So I say, if you work in the house, you have a full-time more yeah. than full-time job. Right. And then if you work outside the house, you have a second full-time job. Yeah. And then because of all these things, maybe you're not sleeping as well. Mm -hmm. So your liver's not as primed. And by the way, all of these stressors pile on and we are drinking alcohol and we do social media and we ask too much of our body. So our liver's like, oh God, I can't keep mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So you don't detox as well. And mm -hmm. when you don't get rid of toxins, what people forget is that the toxins have to go somewhere. And if you can't get, they're, they're mostly fat soluble. Mm. If they're fat soluble, you can't pee them out or poop them out unless you convert them and bind them. And you rely on the liver to do that. And so, how so, do you, wait, so how do you do this? Okay. Let's come back to that. Okay. 
But so you have this influx of toxin. When you travel to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and the air quality is different, the water is mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. you stay in some place, who knows if it has mold, it is a, a wetter climate than where yes. we are here. Mm-hmm. So you get this exposure. Mm. And if your body can't immediately deal with it, it gets stored in your fat. So this is why we start to gain fat and we can't lose it because we're getting inundated. We're standing under a waterfall of toxic exposures Mm -hmm. every day. Go from EMFs to thoughts to lack of sleep to the plastic you're sitting on, the plastic you drive around in, your new car with all the 300 chemicals. Let me count the ways. The things you're cleaning your house with, the beautiful manicure you got done, the hair hair dye, it just piles on, Amber. So, So... You start to gain weight because you can't get rid of all these toxins. And don't forget your hormones can be a toxin. So now if you're not processing your hormones, you're going to store that in your fat. It's not good. Okay, so let's go back to how do you get rid of it. So you're going to work with a provider, figure out what you got going on so you can target the removal. Mm -hmm. If you have mycotoxins, you focus on removing the source of exposure and binders, sweating, gut function. Mm. If you have metals... You're going to focus on all of those things plus optimizing your liver's ability to uh, produce glutathione and binding to these toxins as well as sweating and replacing what you pull out. Because when you pull out metals, you pull out minerals and nutrients. Right. And then if you have other environmental toxins, you're going to focus on not only decreasing your exposure but then also improving your liver's ability to move them along and bind them and get rid of them. Sounds wow. simple, right? Uh, yeah. I'm like, wait, how are we even doing this? <laughs> well, that's why you work with a provider. Because yeah. I mean, I, when I tested, I had all of this stuff. Now I'm hardcore. Okay. And I have a lot of support and I work in an office where I can get these supplements. So I never run out, right? Like it's always at my hand. And so I keep supplements in my house. I keep supplements in my office. I keep up. I mean, I have supplements everywhere. I don't have them in my car. That's the only place I don't have, but I have it in my purse. Right. So uh, you're going to target your removal based on what you got. Mm. And and you could do it all at once or you could do it sequentially. You can't screw it up. So going back to this toxin thing that I started, I started in my treatment on mycotoxins. It's really cool, Amber. I started the mycotoxins treatment um, about two months after getting back from my trip from France. I had actually done the test right before I left, but then never looked at it because I was so, my, you know, I was like, what's going on? My hair's falling out and yeah. got sidetracked. So I go back to this test. And I'm like, oh, wait, I got all these mycotoxins. So I start treating for that. I do the metals testing. I start treatment for that. I do the, the environmental toxins testing. I start treatment for that. Fast forward to almost a year after I start treatment. Wow. I have decided that it's time to really rein in how I'm eating because it is like a slippery slope. You know, eat a little here, eat a little there. Yep. And, and, and then all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the hill and it's greased and you can't get back up to the top. Yes. So I was like, okay, we're having a full reset. So I, I, I said, here's my new food rule, mine, okay? You don't have to do what I do. This is just my right. food rule. Yeah. Uh, I was already gluten-free. I don't eat cow's dairy. But Mm -hmm. what I said was, if it came from a package, Mm. I'm not eating it unless it's popcorn that's organic that I make myself. Mm. So that was the line. Because, you know, I have this 13-year-old teenager who loves these little rice crackers and Tostitos and Dorito. I mean, all that stuff. And I would walk by him and grab Mm. a handful. So about a year after starting treatment, I was like, that's it. I can finally get a handle on this. I'm not eating any of those foods. And I dropped 17 pounds. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's back up. So did you ever lose that nine pound that you mm-hmm. gained? Dur- no, before you started that during your, no, no, it held no. on. It held on. And it was only when, so the, the thing that I'm, it's like this really crazy, uh, re- inter interrelatedness, right? Like I couldn't ha- get a handle on my, on my cravings and the way I was eating until my system was less inflamed. Right. I mean, that and makes so sense. I, yeah. I had it's to like do layer by that. layer. Exactly. So even before that, I was like, I'm not really not eating very much. That's uh, offensive, but it was enough to cross my own line. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30 minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at mominspiredliving. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. So let's just, okay, so let's think about this for a second. So I get what you're saying. Like you were kind of doing all the stuff a year for a year. Um, and so if you would have tried to do what you just did before all that, you may not have lost 17 pounds, but let's pretend people don't have as heavy, like they weren't right. in France and not as getting much exposed to all the lead. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, my weight bumped up. Sure. Maybe I was ex- exposed to mold a little bit. I wasn't there forever, not in the uh, rainforest anyway. And the other part is actually dry. So, um, So say there's a little bit and then just the stress, right? And so, but like what I was telling you is like what I normally do to kind of just get it back down isn't working. And so I kind of too have been like, okay, am I going to have to like pull back more than I used to, even though this feels like this just happened like, like overnight, like over a week's time. Right. And then it, it ha- right. it's been four weeks since that happened and it hasn't come down. Now I'm not saying I was eating perfect. So I guess, what do you think are, is the likelihood if you clean up and you don't have all those major metals and stuff like that in your system that your body will release the weight? I love this question, Amber. And I will tell you that I have the benefit of having had insight into what my metals were in the past because I had done the test. Yeah. So I could clearly track that there was a big change. Yes. I was, I was like, 
oh, wow, it's up by 25%. So so what you don't have is the benefit of the data of what was your body burden in toxins before you had this big trip? Because it sounds like something happened. And you got enough of some exposure to trigger your body's like fight, flight, freeze, shut it down, hold yeah. on to calories. You yeah. triggered that. Yeah. And so what I'll say to people is you often don't, it, it's not necessarily the level of exposure you got. It's the level of exposure you got in context to what your body was dealing mm. with and what resilience yes. you had and how much you pushed it. So maybe you could have dealt with it if you hadn't been stressed, but you were, or maybe I, you could have dealt with it if you weren't for, <laughs> you know, in your forties, right, you know, it's right. like, yeah, there's all these layers to it. So what I would say is it's always worth trying to alter how you eat, how you sleep, how you move. And, you know, the, the women's first response is restrict food and exercise more. And in terms of restricting food, I would say don't restrict food, eat lots more food, but food clean. that's more clean, clean. Mm-hmm. not from a package, not highly processed, not cooked to death, like that you can actually identify what it is and it looks like itself. And, yeah. and you could say, oh yeah, I'm eating that. And then for exercise, you should feel amazing after you do it. Oh, let me just, let me just, okay. There are so many things I'm pausing you 5,000 times, but I just feel like this is so good because I have had adrenal fatigue. I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many times I was doing this boot camp a long time ago and I realized I could not do the hit part. Like I could only do the weight training part because no joke, it would make me have to take a nap later in the day because it would tank my adrenals. And I found more and more women who were needing to nap and I'm thinking you're burning your adrenals out. But I only knew that because I tapped out my adrenal so long ago. Um, yes. So you saying that, I, I feel like people don't realize that. And I've said this, but I'm so glad you're saying that because I think people are like, oh, I work so hard. I need a nap. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be working out to feel like you got you have energy, like not the other right. way around, right? That's the other thing I wish my 17-year-old my self knew was <laughs> uh, that if after exercise you don't feel yeah, energized, right. then it's too much, too hard. You need yes. to back it down until yep. you feel good. So yeah, yep. I mean, I remember going for a run at 17 and being like, I literally need to go take a nap. Yes. I remember lying on the, on the family room floor being like, I can't even move. I, so that's yeah. not normal. That is no, not normal. No, it's not normal. And I think what's really hard is you see other people who may be able to do it and you're kind of like why can't I do this? Or you feel like you're not pushing yourself enough or you're lazy or you just need to keep doing it and not even realizing you may not even be dealing with the same stuff inside. That's why you can't do it at the same level as someone else. Yeah. You're not them. You can't be them. I know. That's very hard for people to understand. No, you can only be you. So you want to be fully you don't be fully someone else. Yeah. But yeah. So, so when you look at even if you only had a sniff of an exposure, but you also flew on a plane to get to Costa Rica, so you had the gasoline fumes exposure. I actually have a patient who lives in the path of the flight path of planes landing at oh, the local airport. That sounds awful. And I tested her toxins, and legit, her gasoline fume was so high. Not even get it's airplane airplane gasoline, right? Not not car gasoline. Right. It was so high, I, and I, I was like do you live near an airport? She goes, yeah, the planes land right over my house so close. It sounds like they're landing on my house. And I was like, you got to get out of that house because, you know, so you get these exposures. Mm -hmm. It's a killer for her. Mm -hmm. So you get these exposures that you might not even really recognize as an exposure, but 
everything about what you say to me is you go on vacation. So you fly, you stress, you pack, you might have to get up early or late. You travel for extended periods of time. You eat food that's not typical. And then you have potential environmental exposures. Like, did you sleep on a bed that had flame retardants? Did they have air fresheners? Did they have a water damaged building that you don't know about? There's just so many layers to this. So I would say between the exposures and the stress, you, you just crossed your own line. Yes. Yeah. So now the question is, how do you dial it back? Yeah. Yeah. How do you? Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So that's why you work with a functional medicine provider. This is where it's like, okay, you're doing everything right. And you're not a million bucks. That's when you know you need to work with someone. Let's let's pause for that. So say I'm not, I didn't take out all the um, processed food, right? Like Mm -hmm. I agree with you when people want to go restrict, restrict, and then do lots of exercise. Like I know better than that to go crazy. Um, But let me ask you, when you took away the processed food, well, once you get past like the, you know, the morning of uh, letting go of all the processed food, the sadness. Okay. Um, How long did it take for you to realize this is, this is working? This is good. Oh, the weight I mean, started I, coming down. I mean, I it, guess stayed, too. it was like almost immediate. I mean, even oh. before I had gotten through the two week detox from all of the processed carbs and the cravings, it takes about two weeks to get through that. Okay. And even before I got through that, I was like, Whoa, mm. the scale's shifting. Okay. Cause I I'm saying that because yes, I do think it's great that if everybody could go to a functional doctor, one, there's not always a lot of functional doctors available Two. There's a long line for functional doctors in many places because there's not a lot of functional doctors or three people may not be able to afford it because a lot of functional doctors are not mm-hmm. in that work, take insurance. So why I'm saying this is like, could, like to try this and see if you feel better. And if you don't feel better, then maybe figure out the whole functional doctor. So that's what I wanted to see. When did you start actually feeling good that you actually were like, Oh, I see the scale moving. Not only that, I feel better. So you said that you noticed that less than two weeks. I noticed the scale moving in under two weeks. I had already started to feel better doing. It's so funny. I remember my first metals protocol that I did. Mm -hmm. It's a 12 week protocol. The first six weeks, I was like, you know, seven o'clock rolls around and I'm like, I got to go to bed. And it took six weeks until that crushing fatigue lifted. And at six weeks, I looked mm. at my husband. I'm like, you know, the hair flip. Oh, I think my metals are gone, honey. He's like, why? I was like, because I feel great. Aww. And I felt great since then. Except when I retested my metals, they were like four times as high because I had opened the floodgates of detox. And now you could actually see what my crappy detox system was allowing out and dealing with. So so I've felt great since that point. But the weight didn't start to come off until I... I really got clear, like it doesn't work in my body to eat these foods. So I think we should talk about the things that people can do mm-hmm. before you with before and without any kind of provider. Like what's safe, what's reasonable, what can you do on your own? There's tons. Okay. Yes, there is. And I, let me, let's just finish up on the food thing and then we can jump into that. I guess my thing is too, um, if it's very hard for people to drop all the processed food at once, like how you did, except for your popcorn, Will it still make a difference if they phase it down? Yes. Okay. Because I was talking to you about this before we started recording that. I think a lot of people are like all or nothing mentality. Like who cares if I can't do it all, then why even bother? So do you have like some thoughts on like, try taking out this kind of food for one week or a few days or like, I don't know, some kind of. 
method yeah, a little bit to kind of totally. have a gauge on what they should be doing a little bit? Yeah, hundred percent. I I would say so. It's so funny because I am a huge fan of slow and steady. Mm-hmm. And having said that, what I recognized for myself was that I don't have a great barometer for moderation around mm. snacking. Mm. And because the snacks are almost inevitably processed carbs, yeah, it's easy to eat way more than you want, way more often than you mm. than than is healthy for you. So, yeah. so I personally made the choice. Like, I am an all or nothing human, and the mm. goal is, and and the goal. What I talk to people about a lot is, you're whether you do it slow and steady. And what I would recommend for people, Amber, is mm-hmm. that if you're going to ease into this, you do mm-hmm. a couple things. You sure. One, get out of the kitchen after dinner yes. because you're going to, the power of suggest, even just being in the kitchen, I'm like, what do you do in the kitchen? You eat, get out of the kitchen Two, get off screens at night because they are all food. They're all power of suggestion. You're not hungry. And then you're like, wait, ice cream. I just saw an ad for that. I have ice cream yeah, in the freezer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Like, so, so get rude. off the screens. Yeah. Yep. Um, don't let any ads in front of your face because it's always for food. So mm-hmm. do those two things. One, yeah. if you're going to ease into it, I wouldn't necessarily do what you were suggesting. We were talking about, which was, do you have a category? What I would say is pick a meal that you're going to level up, pick mm. breakfast, level up on breakfast, have a win, then pick, pick lunch or I guess dinner what or whatever. I meant like certain things like kind of, you're kind of like take out all chips and then move on to take out all, <laughs> you know, ta- so yeah, you know how you just are like, I'm doing popcorn. That sounds amazing, but I think that's really hard for people. It's like, cause they have so many layers of stuff. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, so if they have a processed something at every meal, you're saying, Hey, let's try not to have anything processed at this meal. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yes. Going that way, that pattern. Yes. Okay, yes. perfect. Okay. Pick some meal that you're going to level up and get where you want to go on one meal and have okay. a win. Yeah. Pick your easiest meal or pick yeah. your hardest meal. I yeah. can say either because yeah, easiest, sure. easiest gives you like, oh, I can do this if it was yeah. kind of intimidating. And mm-hmm. hardest for people who are like, I need a win, mm-hmm. go for your hardest meal. Either one, you can't screw it up. But the thing that's most important is you're going to be human because you are human. And yeah. so when you go to that birthday, wedding, bachelorette party, mm-hmm. graduation, fill in the blank, right? You're going to go and and you're going to eat something that doesn't fit in your plan. Mm-hmm. Now, most humans, when that happens, they're like, oh, screw it. Yeah. And they go back to their way of eating. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying is account for, plan for, and know that you're going to have excursions. Mm-hmm. The goal is to minimize your excursions, but when you have them, get back on your plan as fast as you can. Yeah. That's the goal. Not mm-hmm. to be perfect. But I mean, sure, perfection's nice, but you're not going to be. And you're going to use that as a way to beat yourself up and not do what you know works for you. So yeah. plan it. I'm going to this event on Saturday night. So Sunday morning, I need to make sure that there's food in the house that I'm going to be happy with and I can mm-hmm. restart my plan. Instead yeah. of having two pieces of cake, have one piece of cake or yeah. a half of a piece or a bite, whatever it is, it's going to make you feel like you're included, mm. but that you, you, you have agency and control over this. Yeah. I love that. And I was going to ask you, so do you feel like people should try to just wean away from snacks altogether. You know how you're, were you saying yeah. that you can't really control yourself with that? Is that what you were saying? Like, yeah, I don't amount? have a good, yeah, no, it's like you a handful something. here, a handful yeah. there, a handful yeah. there. And then I'm like, oh my God, I eat it 20 times this week. <laughs> so kind so, of like maybe the first thing is almost working on snacks 
Yeah. And then maybe well, going to meals or something yeah, like that. Definitely, definitely work on snacks, work on resting the gut in between eating. Um, intermittent fasting is great for a lot of people because it sets times you are and aren't eating. It's just like, okay, I'm not eating. I don't eat after dinner. Yeah. That's not, that's not part of my window. I eat, I eat from like one o'clock to seven o'clock every day. That's when I eat. When I first started this program, I was not only craving, but I was starving because I was like, I had stopped eating all of these empty calories. So what mm. I said to myself is I'm not going to restrict calories. Yeah. I'm going to restrict type of food mm. so that I can get a handle on eating food that's high density nutrient value. Oh, So yeah. I worked really hard to get enough fat and get enough protein. And if I was hungry, I would like have a handful of nuts and mm -hmm. an avocado, which sounds like the weirdest thing. Well, but you're like fat with fat. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was fat. Yeah. It like filled me up. So I you're going to need, you know, you're going to need to customize it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is the same. Sure. Um, but, and then uh, there's so many layers to this, Amber. So I, I would say it's worth a consultation with mm -hmm. someone who specializes in transforming the way you eat. Um, and notice I don't say diet cause you, right. it's diet implies temporary. You want to look for something that's sustainable for you. Yeah. Like, yes, it was, it's birthday season in my house and <laughs> I don't feel well when I eat cake. Yeah. And, and as a menopausal woman now, now 52 and a half, like my body loves sugar. Yes. <laughs> but I do not love the impact that sugar mm -hmm. has on my body. Yeah. So I'm very, mo I'm very vain. I'm very motivated not to eat that because it doesn't, it doesn't like me back the same way I like it. Yeah. I, you know, I have noticed that with sugar, it puts me into not as good of a, an emotional state. Mm -hmm. it, I, I get grumpy. I get irritated like yeah. after the crash comes. And so it has to be really good, like, or something that like, I just don't eat a lot and it has to be worth it for me to be like, this could mess up your emotional state. Okay. It's worth it. Other than that, it's kind of like, this isn't worth it. So exactly. And is this true? Like, I mean, does this show up later? Like, that's not all in your head, right? Like, I feel like I didn't have this, say, in my 30s. Like, I don't feel like I felt like that as much. You, we've, I think we've talked a little about resilience. You, mm -hmm. you get less elastic mm. in your rubber band as you get older. So we, so we talked about that a little bit before we start recording. <clears throat> Can you tell everybody, I love that concept um, about the whole rubber band and, and what you mean by that? Yeah. So I just think of health as an ebb and a flow. And when you're young, you have a ton of elasticity and ability to absorb insults, challenges, stressors. But the older you get and the older your mitochondria and your telomeres get, telomeres are the, um, the ends on your DNA that allow your DNA to reproduce and they keep the DNA from unraveling. They're like these end caps, mm. <laughs> like a little button uh, or a cuff. And so the older your system gets, and don't forget the older you get, the more toxic exposures pile up in your system. And the more your hormones shift, the less, the less able to deal with insults and changes and stressors and exposures you get. You get less elasticity in your rubber band. You just get more brittle. So wow. things throw you off in ways they wouldn't have thrown you off in the past. So, okay, so there's two things. I know that there, you said you have practical steps, so I do want you to talk about that. Yeah. I can see a lot of people just thinking, so what am I supposed to do? And I, I said this jokingly to you before. Okay, we're just supposed to have like a really calm life. I mean, kind of like what you're saying, we are in the throes of, you know, raising kids, you know, they're school age, they have all the activities, they have all the emotions, all the stuff going through their puberty, all their things. 
uh, aging parents, all the stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a lot, right? And then you throw in perimenopause, menopause, all that stuff. Um, Sure, we all could be, we could, we wish we could be calm to help it. But like, what is your, what's your solution to trying to like navigate through this with a brittle rubber band? (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's, I think, why food is so impactful because most of us have control over our Mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? We, we have agency and control over that. So I, I've, I've thought a lot about this because, you know, theoretically, I'm in the second half of my life, right? right. I want to live to at least 100, but there's no guarantees. Yeah. And so I think about, okay, what's the purpose of life? Obviously, it's to make a profound difference on those around me and transform their lives and health. But there's another layer, which is to raise amazing human beings who also make a profound difference in the world. And it's to leave the world better than I found it. So when I step back and think about why am I here, Mm. one of the things that's really important is, you know, you can be on that rat wheel your whole life. You Mm -hmm. certainly can. But what do you get at the end? We're all going to die at the end. This Mm. sounds like really morbid, but there's no getting out of this alive. Right, right. So so then we come down to if you have a set number of years, Mm How can we create the highest quality of experience in Mm. your life? Because at the end of it, we all die. Yeah. We're all going to get to death, whether Mm -hmm. we rush through it and we're stress balls or whether we slow down Mm. and we set some boundaries in. Like, look, I'm a child of the 70s. There were no after school events. Right. I know. (laughs) I was an only child, too. And no one was like, Oh, I wish I had a sister. This just wasn't stuff we talked about in the seventies. It wasn't Mm, like that. Yeah. But we've all really bought into like, oh, you got to go to a good college. So that means you got to get into a sport. And that like, there's Mm. so much noise. Yeah. So early on, you know, and my husband's Russian, they're really big on the arts and the music. And so my mother-in-law was like, why aren't your kids in music class? I said, Mm. because I don't have the bandwidth to fight with them. And unless they are a musical prodigy, I am not going to sit on them and be like, you have to practice Yeah. because it's not worth my time. Yeah. It's not worth my energy. So the thing that I think is so impactful is to recognize like, what are we running towards? Mm. We're running towards the end of our life. So how do we have an experience where we set some boundaries and, and get to sleep on time and move our bodies in ways that work for us? And most of all, don't be an island. None of us is an island, Mm. but we run around like we're an island. I got to clean the house. I got to do the laundry. I got to get dinner on the table. I got to do the dry cleaning or I got to pick up something or I got to do this. I got to do that. But we're like, really, we are islands. And how do we, how do we get back into community so that we're not so run ragged? Yeah. Yes. That is so good. I mean, and I, I want to ask you about the, the food because you're, you know, you're saying we can control that. Um, does that help the rubber band at all? Mm-hmm. It does. Like mm-hmm. it does it, it totally actually does. help the elasticity of the rubber band? Yeah, cuz think so so you get more brittle when you have all these things piled on. You're mm. not sleeping enough, you're stressed. You have food sensitivities. You're eating you're eating too much of a food that doesn't work for you or just too much inflammatory food. Yeah. You're drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Did I mention sleep? You're not sleeping enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might be moving your body in ways that doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you don't like your job or you're not inspired. Maybe you have a sick kid. All these things pile on. So the more you can pull off the pile, the better your system's going to respond. 
I see. Yeah. Which is why I say you have agency over it. Like you, you can, you obviously, gosh, do you remember when our kids were young and we were like, please unbroken sleep, please. Mm -hmm. I used to nurse and like, Mm -hmm. all I wanted was to sleep through the night. I know. So yeah, if you got young kids, you're not going to sleep through the night for a little bit, but they'll get older and they'll sleep. Mm -hmm. So ensuring that you get to bed around 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock at night and sleeping in bed until at least six and track your sleep to make sure the Mm -hmm. quality is actually good quality sleep. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, pulling off the sugar because it's inflammatory, decreasing or eliminating alcohol because it's inflammatory, moving your body properly, de-stressing, slowing down. These are all things that you have in the palm of your hand and have agency over. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to ask you, when you lost the 17 pounds, because I know people are going to be like, you didn't ask this question, so I have to think about this. <laughs> was that in two weeks or when was no. that? No. no okay, so what time about, frame? I think it took about eight weeks. 10, okay. maybe 10, eight to 10 weeks. And I was like, you know, my trainer is a guy yeah, <laughs> and he's, he's a guy. So he's not like always looking at me and being like, Oh, you lost weight. You gained weight. That's just not really, you know, and he's yeah. a man. So he's not like, when do you gain weight? And that's not something male trainers sure. say to their clients. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But one day he looked at me and he was like, did you lose weight? Mm. I was like, yeah, dude, I lost 17 pounds. So it took, I think it took it takes, like three yeah. months. Okay. So I when think, you I'm looking back, when you so in that two week time frame, how much do you think you prior lost? Oh, five pounds. I say this because I want people to be realistic. Like I want them to understand like what what we're talking about. Even pulling off processed food, which is a big thing. You you lost five pounds in two weeks, but also you're little. Like you're not you you don't you don't need to lose a hundred pounds. So like no. you know the the closer you are to your goal weight, like mm-hmm. you know it it it's it takes a little bit longer, but um. Yeah. Okay. So that's really good to know. There's something else that you said. Oh, you said something about the two weeks with carb and sugar or something like something about it. I don't know what, can you tell me what, what you were mentioning? I ditched processed carbs and I ditched sugar. Yes. And when you ditch sugar, Mm -hmm. part of the reason we all crave sugar, first of all, sugars, you know, give us that high, but sugar feeds yeast in your body and yeast is, is a type of mold and it needs to eat and it eats sugar. Mm. So if you have yeast in your body, it yeah. will make you crave sugar. I and see. It, it takes about two weeks oh. from the time you stop feeding it until the time that it's like, okay, I'll leave you alone. Mm. Caveat, if you have metals, it's really hard to get a handle on yeast. Yeah. So, so that's where you're saying that is good. Like that, that's kind of what I was saying. Like if they try this for two weeks and nothing's moving, then that might be an indicator that they have yeah. to step it up, totally. you know? And so that's why I was trying to give them a, more of a free step at first and then mm-hmm. kind of go, yeah, okay, I'm doing this. And there's not a lot of things happening. So I do think that's helpful. Um, so as we wrap up, because I mean, I could just keep talking to you. Um, is there something else that you're kind of like, if you can do one change, like this is the big thing. And maybe that's, you just said it, I don't know, or reach out to a functional doctor. What, what is the thing that you would say, like, this is what I would recommend if you could do one thing? Well, I can't, I'm, I'm commitment phobic. I cannot commit to one thing. Okay. Three. Like, what do you want to do? Well, here's why, <laughs> because there's so many things that could be impactful. So if you're listening to this, you want to pick the thing that's most impactful for you. So Pick getting more sleep, pick leveling up your food, pick managing your stress, pick saying no to things that don't move, touch, and inspire you. 
we didn't talk at all about toxins. I feel like that's almost a separate conversation. <laughs> I know. Which we'll is, have to have you back on. Like I, this is part one of like what's yes. underlying it, and hey, then part I, two is I've toxins. I've done that with people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we want to talk about like okay, you know, as you run out of things, beauty products, cleaning products, uh, house cleaning products, whatever it is level up, go to environmental working group and pick something that's cleaner than what you're using now. So you're not continuing to load up the body with lots of toxins. Yeah, that is so good. I mean, because I do think that is challenging, um, for people to kind of wrap their brain around sometimes, Mm -hmm. like if they're not familiar with that, um, that's just you even talking about the gasoline, a few, oh man, I'll tell you, when, when ca- certain cars that have the mufflers that like kick off all those fumes, yes, it will almost give me a headache instantly. I, I like for me, I would not be able to live by that airport I, because I feel like I'm very sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. It just is so, it it's, it's so strong. I have to turn on the circulation so that it's not coming from the outside, you know, and then you're like just circulating the air inside. So, um, it's interesting how certain people can handle certain things better than others. And, you know, I feel like I've never been able to handle that. That's always been a, yeah. a thing for me. Um, I think this was good. I, I, you know, we do need to have you back on the show because we can talk all about this, but I do think this is really good because I think a lot of women right now, especially in their forties, late thirties, forties, early fifties, mid fifties, maybe just depending on where you are in your whole perimenopause cycle. Um, are feeling a little bit crazy. Like <laughs> I say this to you because that's why we wrote a book about it. Sweaty right. and bitchy. Yeah. What, my weight <laughs> popping up and then not popping back down. It kind of makes you feel like you're losing your mind. You're like, this is so weird. And yep. so, um, I do want to ask you, <clears throat> do you not have any sugar now in your diet? Um, so probably three to four nights a week, I'll have two, I'll have a spoonful of sunflower, chocolate sunflower butter, which has five grams of sugar in the mm. serving. Okay. Um, That's about it. Wait, do you, do you put creamer in your coffee? Do you drink coffee? I don't drink coffee. I'm like this normally. I'm like a spaz ball. So I should not oh. be hopped up on anything okay. with caffeine in it. So I'm I don't try- drink caffeine. Yeah. I'm trying to think like... <laughs> So why I'm so saying no, this, I don't do that. I'm trying to figure out for people who, so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. So for me, I yeah. drink, um, an almond milk creamer. It has two grams of sugar, I think for tablespoon. And, um, I'll do two of those. Yeah. So it would add up if I'm having a few cups of coffee, which going back to your whole, I'm just using this as an example. So if you go back to your whole, cut out the processed food, the carb, the simple carbs, the sugar. Um, if that's the thing that I rely on, would you say then let go of that last, like go for the bigger ones? Like Amber. Okay. You just brought up something that's really important. Okay. Think of food like an entire highway. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a highway that you walk down or drive down, whatever. Mm -hmm. So at one end of it, there's eating out at, at restaurants or drive-throughs three times a day. And at the other end of it, it's, you don't buy anything that's not that's not, that's already cooked and you cook everything yourself. That's a huge range, right? That's a very long highway. Yes. When I started this program, Mm -hmm. I was not at the eat out three times a day. Mm -hmm. Right. I was at the, I'm already gluten-free. I'm already cow's dairy free. And I've gone on and off of sugar-free over the last 13 years. Mm. So I had already experienced it. So, so I really want the listeners to understand I was not starting blind. I knew what I was doing. I'd already done it a number of times. I was comfortable with it. And 
I tip, I was someone who, after I did the initial sugar-free program, after my third child was born, I went on a, a candida control protocol for years right. and I, I stopped replacing gluten-free items. Mm. I'm sorry, gluten items with the gluten-free items. I yeah. stopped replacing. So mm. you have to start with where you are okay. and level up. So obviously your Rome wasn't built in a day. The great wall of China took, I don't even know how many years. So, so be kind to yourself. Mm. Take a really good stock of where you are and yeah. take a step forward and celebrate that. Like it's hard work to make any change. So to make a change and then that becomes your new baseline and then take mm. stock, make another step forward. You yeah. could take a whole year to get to change how you mm. eat or you could take five years. There's yeah. no, there's no like test or end point where you have to do it by a certain time. So it's sure. really important. You have to do what works for you. Like I... Also, when I did this, I made a decision that, you know, I have four kids and my yeah. mom eats with us a lot. And my mother-in-law eats with mm. us a lot. And I have a babysitter. Like we routinely, and my, my fifth kid, you know, my high yeah, five, yeah, you have a lot I of call people. her high five. So <laughs> we have 10 people at dinner. Okay. So I decided that I might not eat something, but I, as long as it's gluten-free, because I'm so sensitive, yeah. I could serve something that I'm not going to eat. But all I care about is that there's at least one thing on the table mm. that so that everyone has something to eat, meaning there's a protein, yeah. there's um, a salad, yeah. there's a vegetable, and then there's some kind of carb, either mm. rice. I generally don't serve pasta. I don't, it's, it's just, it's... Because I can't eat it. I don't want to sit at the table with it. So I don't mind serving like quinoa because, but nobody likes it in my family. They don't like quinoa, but, but I'll serve, you know, something Mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, oh, I don't feel like eating that today. Mm. So, so what you want to try to do is make sure that you have food to eat and then who care, as long as they have one thing, I don't care if my kids eat only squash for dinner one night. I don't care. I'm not like you have to eat your meat and you have to eat your green Mm -hmm. meat. I don't care. As long yeah. as you ate something that I prepare and I'm happy with, I'm good. Yeah, I so, like that. So it's like take some of the control away. You know, mm-hmm. you'll eat when you're hungry. You're not going to eat if you're not hungry. So my youngest kid, she's um, we joke with her. I'm like, oh, is today an eating day or not an eating day? Because she's like, <laughs> sometimes she's just not hungry. She's like, I'm not hungry. I'm like, okay, don't eat. And then she's like, I'm starving. And she eats three portions of something. Right. Yeah. So, they go ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh, whatever. Okay. Like, it's, just warn me because I'm cooking dinner. Is today an eating day or not an eating right. day? So I know how right, much right, to right. make. Yeah. So you really have to start with where you are and honor where you are and then just make improvements from whatever sure. your baseline is. So don't hear it like you You don't have to be me. You can't be me. I'm me. I've yeah, already occupied right. the seat. So yeah. be fully you and do what works for you and only you. Well, and I like that. I think, and, and the reason I brought that up too is because people get off and be like, oh my gosh, I got to like knock this out, everything, Should. two weeks, let's see. I'm That's nope. the only way I'm going to get better. So I'm glad that like you mentioned that, that to really kind of start where you are starting, right? You already, you were already doing stuff. So then you were starting at a different, you know, place point. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's so great. So yeah, and it's not yeah. the question. I hate this. I, I despise the should. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. should be better. I should I do. No. Okay. Yeah. It, you're asking the wrong question. The question you need to ask is what makes me feel good and what brings me the result that I'm looking for? Ask those questions Yes. and you'll get different answers, right? Yeah. What We all know what we're supposed to do or should do, but that doesn't feel good. That's not an empowering conversation. What's so empowering is what feels good in your body, what's going to bring you the body you want to be in mm-hmm. and what's going to allow you the energy to get through the day and be that contribution you're looking to be. Yeah. So good. 
Okay. We're going to wrap this up. Is there anything <laughs> else that you would like to add? Um, no, because we'll keep going. You're like, we'll like, I know. Dive You're into like the next I'm thing. good. We have to do a whole nother podcast and then we'll talk more about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, we should do toxins as a separate conversation. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, Wendy, this was so great talking with you. Uh, I mean, I, I could just keep going on and on. And so I definitely will have you back on. Uh, but this was so great. I really appreciate all your knowledge, your experience. And I think this is going to help so many women. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there.